Happy October, everyone. Welcome to the Draft Nut Podcast. It's Jared Feinberg and Devin Jackson. We are your co-hosts for today's episode. We have some breaking news coming in um, this past hour as we were preparing for the podcast. Uh, the Titans-Steelers game um, this weekend will be rescheduled to a later date this season due to a COVID-19 outbreak on the Tennessee Titans that has affected current players and personnel who have contracted the virus. Uh, this is the first game to be moved to a later date um, this season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I recently tweeted out not too long ago that maybe in the last hour or last hour or so um, that the Titans are basically the Miami Marlins of the NFL right now because they're basically the first team to have a COVID-19 outbreak um, in their league. The Marlins were the first team to have a true outbreak. And then now here in the NFL, the Titans are. So it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL continues to do this, um, how they continue to approach um, the outbreak that's going on. Uh, the Titans, how the, the Tennessee Titans are going to approach this outbreak. So it'll be an interesting um, five to seven days as um, we see the Titans try to contain this outbreak in their organization. Devin, besides the news from this morning, how are you, my friend? Doing pretty well, man. Uh, Thursday morning, uh, you know, getting closer and closer to this weekend. Obviously excited for a slate of NFL and college football games this week. Uh, but just to quickly touch on the, the Steelers and Titans issue, uh, I think it's very disappointing, especially from a Steelers point of view. You know, you get prepared for a game, uh, you know, you continue to follow COVID-19 protocols, stuff like that. And then, you know, something like this happens and now you're out of the game. You basically have a, a bye week when you weren't expecting to. And, you know, that could affect them. They started off 3-0. You know, they're off to a hot start and, you know, having that week off in the middle of a, uh, you know, winning run and, you know, you're starting to hit your stride offensively, especially with Big Ben coming back off of his elbow injury. Uh, it kind of sucks for them because then now they have to reset everything, uh, rearrange things and potentially their, you know, uh, by week later in the season could be changed to the game. You know, the game could get postponed to that week. So now, you know, they're losing that week. And, you know, uh, they have a tough stretch during those couple of weeks. Uh, I believe they play the Ravens right before potentially. So I saw something that, you know, they could potentially play in week seven because that's supposed to be the Titans like uh, bye week as well. Uh, so they could potentially play, you know, the Ravens and Titans back to back weeks. So uh, that's that's going to be tough for them, you know, to overcome. But if you're the Titans, man, you you got to. You got to uh, you got to be smarter. You know, you, you got to really continue to take these precautions seriously and, uh, you know, make sure that you're following all these protocols. Um, and if you're testing positive, you know, you know, you got to you got to um, announce that you don't want a whole spread. You got to let, you know, teams know you got to let everybody know because the Vikings were affected as well since they play the Titans Sunday. Uh, so it's very important that, you know, these teams continue to follow these protocols and, uh, report, you know, when they have positive tests. So everyone in the league knows and they can prepare accordingly. Now, you know, basically what three, four days out from the game, you know, they're, po they postponed it and now they're not going to play it this week with another, um, you know, positive test this morning. So it, it sucks for the Steelers, man. Uh, but if you're the Titans, you, you got to get right because, you know, if this continues to carry over now, you're heading, you're messing up games later in the season. And, and everything's kind of jumbled up by then. So uh, let's hope, you know, this isn't something that will continuously happen. You know, we saw what happened with the Marlins and the MLB, but they were able to contain it, and now they're playing playoff baseball. So uh, let's hope they can get it under control. One thing you said about the Miami Marlins was playoff baseball. I'm like, wow. Like, it's so crazy that the, the Marlins – after all they went through early in the season, they're now in the playoffs. No one even expected them to even touch the playoffs. But again, I mean, MLB has an expanded playoff field, and, you know, Miami Marlins have never lost a playoff series since they've become a franchise. The last two times they've been in the playoffs, I think they've won the World Series. <laughs> so 
I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But, you know, for a good few weeks, the Miami Marlins were like the laughing stock of, of Major League Baseball because they were, um, base, basically the reason why all these games were becoming double headers or being canceled or postponed. So it, it was just really crazy to see. And, you know, we'll have to see how the NFL, how the Tennessee Titans deal with this. Um, you know, this, could also really affect the entire NFL schedule as a whole, like for every other team. I don't know. Well, probably for, yeah, there's a chance that if this continues on into next week and the Titans aren't able to play next week, the whole schedule may have to be pushed back a week and the whole schedule might have to be rearranged and, um, playoffs may have to be moved back a week or so. Even the Super Bowl might have to be moved back or so. So this is just a really fluid situation for the NFL, Tennessee Titans, and the rest of the league. So this is something we really need to keep our eyes on. And, you know, crazy things have happened here this year, of course. We, we understand that. It's been a really crazy year for everyone in the world, everyone in the NFL from top to bottom. So it's... It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. So, done with all that, let's preview some of this weekend's college football matchups. Um, we got some matchups to keep an eye on, as well as um, prospects to preview today, um, or just to mention um, that we could be looking at this weekend. A um, few games I put down in my notes to watch this weekend were TCU, Texas, um, Oklahoma, Iowa State, um, NC State, Pittsburgh, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and then um, you mentioned before the start of the podcast, uh, Texas A&M, Alabama. That could be an interesting game. I I feel like that might be a blowout. That's just me though. Um, but we have our first top ten matchup of the season between number seven Auburn and number four Georgia. That's going to be the that's going to be ESPN's Saturday night football game. Uh, with Chris Fowler, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit on the call. So that's going to be a really fun game to watch um, tonight or Saturday night. Um, that one I will definitely uh, stay up late for if it goes to overtime because those two teams are some really, really solid football teams. Um, Devin, who are some of the prospects you'll be keeping an eye on this weekend? I know I'll be watching the TCU game because my favorite safety duo in college football will be playing are Darius Washington and Trayvon Moerig. Um, and of course, Auburn UGA or Auburn Georgia is going to be the game I'll be watching without a doubt. So who are the prospects you'll be keeping an eye on this weekend? Uh, so first I kind of want to continue to monitor Kyle Trask. Uh, so they play South Carolina at noon. And I want to make sure, you know, it's not just one of those letdowns or one of those first games that, you know, you have an amazing first game, but then the second performance isn't as good or, you know, it's kind of a letdown. So, you know, South Carolina is a pretty tough team. I think Florida should handle them, but I want to see Trask continue to play well and continue his hot start, you know, heading into you know, some more significant games uh, coming down the road. You know, Florida, uh, they'll have A&M next weekend and then the following week and have LSU. Uh, so this will be a good game to test to see if he's still going to be on a hot streak. Uh, Kyle Pitts as well, uh, see if he can continue to, uh, you know, bust coverages. Um, you know, and then, you know, uh, keeping an eye on the Pittsburgh game, you want to keep an eye on Paris Ford, uh, Kenny Pickett as well for Pitt. Uh, as well as Patrick Jones, who had a monster game last week, had three sacks in, in his game. Uh, continue to keep an eye on one of my draft sleepers, uh, Austin Watkins. They play UTSA at 1230. Uh, probably not going to be a really competitive game, but uh, just keeping an eye on him and spins around the running back. Uh, the A&M, Texas A&M, the Alabama and Texas A&M game, I think it's going to be interesting. Alabama has a slew of prospects. Uh, Dylan Moses, see how he plays. Uh, A&M's defense, I think they're, uh, they're better than, uh, what you would think. Uh, they, they have a much improved defense. Uh, there's a couple guys on that defensive, um, in, in the defense that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, Leon O'Neal, uh, he's a safety, comes downhill. He's a, he's a hard hitting safety. And then as well on our defensive line, uh, the Marvin Leo, he's a defensive end, only a true sophomore this year. Uh, so he won't be eligible for the draft, but I think that he could be someone that uh, can, can, you know, continue to break out and continue to, you know, play 
uh, well and, and someone we talk about by the end of the season going into the 2022 draft. Um, SMU, Memphis is going to be a really good one. They had a classic game last year, uh, 54-48. You know, that was a one game on the bye week that all these teams had bye weeks last season. I want to say it was like um, the last weekend in October or something like that or the, first, the second week in November where literally everyone had a bye week, all the top teams. But that was a fun game. Uh, watching out for Shane Bouchelle, of course, to see how he's going to do. Uh, DeMonte Coxie uh, from Memphis as well. See how he does uh, on Memphis off- Memphis's offense. And Brady White, someone that could be a late-round quarterback draft pick or a UDFA. Uh, he's still kind of fighting for uh, trying to be a, a draftable prospect at this point. I think he's a UDFA. Um, and then uh, Florida State, Jacksonville State. Uh, Jacksonville State has some fun prospects. Uh, Zarek Cooper, uh, the quarterback, uh, someone that, uh, our guy, um, Harbs, you know, he talked about and, and did a breakdown of. And, uh, a tight end that I'm keeping an eye on for Jacksonville State. His name is Trey Berry. He's 6'7, uh, 235 pounds. Could be a mismatch for a lot of Florida State's, uh, secondary. Um, and, and someone that's going to make flash plays. I think where the world's going to be introduced to him on Saturday. I have a, a article coming this weekend about him. And then finally, the nightcap, uh, Georgia, Auburn. Uh, so many prospects on Georgia. Auburn is still kind of ironing out some prospects. Um, you know, Georgia obviously has, uh, inside defensive lineman Jordan, Jordan Davis, Tyson Campbell, uh, Richard LeCount that everyone likes. He had two interceptions last week. Um, you know, uh, they got Monty Rice at linebacker, uh, and then offensively, they have a couple offensive linemen to keep an eye out for. Uh, ben Cleveland, uh, someone that comes to mind. And then, of course, uh, 2022 potential, uh, you know, number one draft pick or a top draft pick, top draft pick in George Pickens. Uh, he's someone that, uh, is going to be, uh, highly talked about, you know, when next summer's scouting rolls around. He's probably going to be one of the first players that everyone views probably in early April, uh, late April. Uh, and then see if Spencer Rattler can, uh, you know, return to form. You know, Oklahoma, Iowa State in the nightcap, uh, two quarterback battles. Brock Purdy at this point is trying to stop himself from free falling in, in a lot of people's minds and draft ports. He didn't play too bad last week against TCU, but he did have that one bonehead play where he literally just threw the ball backwards. Um, he, it just, was that a fumble or was it an interception? I, I don't know what it was counted as. I think it was counted as a fumble. Um, yeah, I think it was counted as a fumble. Jeez, I'm not sure though. Uh, but yeah, he, he's free falling in a, a lot of people's minds. Uh, I think that he's someone that needs to play well on national television against Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma's defense was shredded to bits by Kansas State in the second half last week. Uh, we'll see if Spencer Rattler can bounce back and, and continue to play uh, at a high level like he did in that first half. Uh, so uh, also things to keep in note, North Carolina plays Boston College. Uh, you got Hunter Long, uh, you know, for Boston College. And, um, you know, of course, North Carolina has, um, you know, so many weapons, uh, so many different guys they can get the ball to, uh, you know, Diami Brown and, um, you know, uh, Sam Howell at the, at the helm. So we'll see. If they can play well, uh, they haven't played in a couple weeks since they beat Syracuse 31 to six. Uh, we'll see if Sam Howell can play a little bit better. Uh, but those are some of the guy, you know, games I'm keeping an eye out on. Uh, you know, I think I named probably like 10 games, but gonna be switching between so many different games, you know, have streams up, right. you know, uh, just trying to, to keep an eye on, on everyone because it's gonna be difficult to, to keep up with everyone. I mean, you know, like I said, the, the games are, or endless, uh, in, in ones that you could watch. Just the quality, this is probably the highest quality of games we'll have probably, uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, as you continue to take a look at the schedule, obviously the SEC opponents are going to get tougher. Uh, and then once the Big Ten comes into the fold later in the month, it's going to be really, really interesting. So, uh, um, excited for the, yeah, I'm, over November. Yep. Uh, week eight is probably going to be the, the best later games because like I said, Big Ten will be in, in the fold then. Um, but, uh, uh, let me stop looking ahead. But, uh, and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Then Friday night, uh, there will be the BYU-Louisiana Tech game that uh, people could watch. You know, it's a late, late game. That's probably going to go off at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but Zach Wilson has been fun this season. He's been really, really playing well. I know that makes Dante Colinelli feel really good about, you know, writing an article about him this weekend. Um, but um, they play Louisiana Tech. Uh, Justin Henderson is a running back to keep an eye out for uh, for Louisiana Tech. So. Yeah, and, I mean, of course, as a Clemson fan, I'm going to be watching the Clemson game. I'm going to have the Clemson game and uh, Auburn, Georgia on my TV, but Clemson on my computer. So, yeah, the Georgia game is going to be the one I'll be watching really closely because either Sean Bennett or JT Daniels will be starting this week. I'm not sure who is going to be yet, but... Whoever starts, I believe, can really just start getting this offense going. Um, Georgia's defense show they're still one of the best defenses in the country, maybe even the best defense in the country. Um, they re- they've returned most of their starters from last year on defense. Um, they're at corner, Tyson Campbell, DJ Daniel, um, Eric Stokes, Richard LeCount. I mean, that's a really, really good secondary um, for Georgia that has plenty of NFL talent. This And this is the first year in quite some time where we've seen Georgia with just a crap ton of loaded talent on the defensive side of the ball. You also got Jordan Davis and Monte Rice um, on the front seven. So it's going to be really fun to see these prospects play. Um, guys like Anthony Schwartz and Seth Williams of Auburn. So, and also we'll be seeing how Bo Nix does um, in week two. You know, he wasn't impressive last week, of course, but, you know, he has tools that you can work with. I mean, we're, we're talking about a non-draft eligible prospect. True sophomore, Bo Nix, quarterback Auburn. He's got the tools to really be something fun. He's, he, showed flash, he showed flashes last year especially against Alabama, but he's got, he's got to get that mental game going. And that's where um, this leads me to Spencer Rattler, who, and I was listening to inside um, or I was listening to locked on NFL draft um, with Trevor Sigma and Benjamin Solak. And I was hearing Benjamin say, or talk about Spencer Rattler and I completely agree with him and, I think I'm paraphrasing here, but um, Ben said something like Rattler has the talent, has the physical traits and the tools to be a really, really good quarterback in the future. He's already a really, really good quarterback right now because of his arm talent, because of what he can do physically. But he, but from the neck up, he, he's not all there in terms of his mental game, like pocket awareness, his poise. Um, He needs to do a better job of seeing the field better. And now granted, he's a redshirt, redshirt freshman. He's not, he's not going to be perfect. Um, In a way, it kind of reminds me of what Trey Lance was like last year, you know, with just more interceptions. It's, we'll see. We're going to see a very raw Spencer Rattler this year, by, but I expect by next year, once he's draft eligible, I think we'll see a better mental game from Spencer Rattler um, come together with that arm talent, and he could end up being the best quarterback in the 2022 draft. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Spencer Rattler against Iowa State. Iowa State pulls off another upset or pulls off the upset against Oklahoma, then Oklahoma's in trouble, and the rumors are really going to start going of Lincoln Riley going to go to the NFL. Will he go to the Jets? Will he go somewhere else? Like, will he go to the Falcons? I mean, we, we just don't know what's going to happen if Iowa State ends up beating Oklahoma State. Or not Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. If Iowa State, well, first off, I think I saw Oklahoma was only favored by seven points for seven four or seven points or something like that, which is crazy because I mean, well, I get it because they got upset by Kansas state, but when Oklahoma's on their a game, 
they're going to blow out teams and they're going to outscore you no matter what. So just got to hope the defense plays better this week. Um, another game I'll be watching, of course, like I said earlier, TCU, Texas, um, Sam Cosme, I'm going to be watching closely, see how well he does. Um, Sam Ellinger, I don't know if I really should be watching Ellinger. I think we already know what he is as a player. <laughs> he's a tight end fullback, folks. I'm just going to say that right now. I don't care what you guys have to say. He's a good college quarterback, and that's it. He, he's Tim Tebow 2.0. As a righty. Yeah, uh, let me hop in real quick. Uh, I agree with the Spencer Rattler, um, you know, analysis. I was just talking to someone about it. Uh, he, like you said, he's uh, super supremely gif- gifted and, and someone that's going to be talked about as a top pick when it, when his time rolls around. Uh, it just a mental awareness. And like you said, it's early in his career. You know, that was only his second ever start, you know, as an Oklahoma quarterback. Uh, you know, obviously the pocket awareness and feel. You know, he really hasn't played significant down when a couple of years now. Um, so, you know, it's going to be some time before he, you know, kind of, you know, gets used to that. And, you know, for a lot of quarterbacks that are, are somewhat dual threat or can, can run the football, I think having that pocket awareness is always the biggest uh, hurdle that they face in college because you don't have to escape the pocket immediately as soon as you feel pressure. You know, you, you have to really get an understanding and a feel for the game. And understand where the pressure is coming from. Uh, like I pointed out, there was a play against Kansas State where he bailed for no reason. You know, it was a clean pocket and he just, you know, scrambled out to the right and made his throws a little bit harder. And because he's gifted, he's able to make those throws and teams aren't able to, you know, keep up and uh, get in front of that. But, you know, when everything is, uh, you know, muddied around the pocket now, when he tries to escape, you know, teams have spies now. So they're going to be waiting for him. So that's how he's going to have to adjust and see if he can adjust to how teams are playing against him. You know, they're going to try and keep him in the pocket and force them, force him to beat them in the pocket or, or bring that pressure and, and make it make sense. So he doesn't have the chance to escape. So I think that, you know, over the course of the season, he's going to continue to grow and progress. You know, I don't want people jumping off the bandwagon just yet. You know, he's, it's not really a cause for alarm. He just has to learn how to play the position at the college level, you know, there's always a, uh, you know, levels to things. Obviously some people can do it as a freshman, some people do it as a sophomore and, you know, some people just have that natural talent, but, you know, even for like the, the Sean Watson's of the world, Trevor Lawrence, you know, they had to learn to uh, beat teams from inside the pocket. So I think he'll learn to do that. I think he'll be fine. Lincoln Riley is a fantastic coach. They have a fantastic system that they run out of Oklahoma. So, I wouldn't be too worried about him if I was an Oklahoma fan or just as, just a fan of him in general. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Rattler. Um, and like you said, and like we've said, he's extremely talented physically. Great tools all over. Like, he's he has that potential to be a very, very, very good quarterback if he isn't already. Um. Right now, he's probably one of the more raw quarterbacks in college football. But at the same time, he's also one of the better quarterbacks in football. And that is going to be very, very fun to watch. Um, and, you know, I feel like, in a way, Rattler was kind of hyped up, in a sense. And, or after week one... Like, he was kind of hyped up in a sense. He was kind of, like, overhyped in a way. But I was like, okay, I just wanted to see what what type of talent he showed. Like, the raw talent. Like, he showed that week one. And I was like, you know, he's not going to be a perfect quarterback to start out. I mean, he's a redshirt sophomore. I mean, he's, he's going to struggle. And I wasn't expecting him to struggle against Kansas State, but Kansas State's a really well-run program right now. They're going in the right direction. And I remember Benjamin Solak saying on the draft, um, on uh, Locked On NFL Draft, um, he, he said, like, you know, the scene can't, it, it was either Trevor or Benjamin that was said, saying this, but Kansas A is per- going upwards in terms of uh, projection and recruiting and everything because they're starting to really get back up there as a program and beating Oklahoma two years in a row with uh, a newer head coach is great for that program. 
and that can really start skyrocketing um, in terms of getting better recruits, um, better playmakers on offense and whatnot. So I think in a few years you could see Kansas State being a real contender in the Big in the Big Twelve. So and especially if Oklahoma ends up losing Lincoln Riley to the NFL at some point. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Radler develops over um, this season as well as next season once he becomes draft eligible. Um, of course, I want to touch on Clemson a little bit. Um, we'll probably end up seeing Trevor Lawrence make some insane throws again um, Saturday night. Um, we'll be seeing Trevor Travis Etienne play well. Receivers looked really good for Clemson um, two weeks ago. So, it, you know, I'm excited to see Clemson back on the field. It's excited to see Trevor Lawrence continue to showcase his talent um, and continue to submit his case as the number one pick for the 2021 draft and probably the best player in the 2021 NFL draft. So we're done with college football for today. Let's move on to the NFL. NFL week four is here. Of course, we talked a little bit about uh, or we talked about Titans Steelers being postponed due to the Titans COVID-19 outbreak. Um, that game is going to be moved to a later um, date later this season. So let's start off with Broncos Jets. Did we really have to have this game on Thursday night, man? We could have had something. We could have had maybe like Dallas or Cleveland play. We well, I know the I know what they were trying to do. They're trying to showcase two young quarterbacks. That's true. You know, on on a platform, but I mean, now. as of right now, neither are playing. Uh, and I say neither are playing because Sam Darnold is not who Sam Sam Darnold's an imposter right now. I don't know who that quarterback is right now. It, it's not Sam Darnold. Uh, but now, but Denver's playing uh, third string quarterback. Uh, was it uh, Brett Ripien? Uh, so he's he's gonna be playing. Uh, Drive Twitter is excited about him. Uh, play for Boise State, am I correct? Yep. Um, I one of the things I liked about Reffin coming out of Boise State was um, he threw some beautiful touch balls, like beautiful deep balls as well. Um, it's just like his mental game wasn't there. Uh, mechanics weren't really there either. Footwork wasn't either. So, I mean, he was a raw quarterback, but he you knew he had a future in the NFL as either a backup or maybe even a spot starter. Like, probably having to come in, play a few games for because of injury, but then use him on the bench and let him be a solid backup quarterback. But I'm excited to see Ripon um, play this weekend or play Thursday night or tonight. Um you know, finally showcases talent to the NFL, showcases talent to draft Twitter for the first time since being at Boise State a couple years ago. So it's going to be fun to see um, ripen on the field. I think Denver ends up winning this game. The Jets are probably the worst team in the NFL. Adam Gase will be fired after tonight's game, assuming Denver wins, because I, I just don't see Gase lasting after tonight. I just don't see it. Like, how... How? Yeah, I mean, I I don't see it, uh, but like we were talking about in our group message, you know, it might be smart to keep him around uh, because he will guarantee them a number one pick at this point. You know, we saw what happened with the Browns when they fired Hugh Jackson and then they promoted, you know, Greg Williams to interim and they got some wins. Uh, and if you're a Jets fan, if you're a Jets, you know, front office person, you don't want to the Jets to start winning games uh, because... I mean, there's really, I mean, they're set up for the number one pick at this point. There's really, the gap between them and the next worst team is humongous. I mean, every other team can win a game this year. I, I honestly don't know if the Jets can win a game this year. Um, Unless they fire and, and Exactly. Then then the whole the whole attitude around the, the team whole, will change. Yeah. You know? And that's um, what yeah, I mean, I, you know, personally, I want to see Sam Darnold, you know, finish the season strong. And that way they may think about keeping him around, you know, even if they get a top three pick. Um, but it's, it's kind of hard right now to see him a situation where he will be in a Jets uniform next year as a starting quarterback. So, you know, it, it sucks, you know, for what it is right now. But, 
you know, I could I could see a team trading for him and, you know, take him under the wing and, and let him develop and, you know, give him a fresh start. Because at this point, I, I just don't see a scenario where he stays with the Jets and stays as a starting quarterback into the future. You know, as long as, you know, the Jets get a top five pick. Because if they don't get Trevor Lawrence, they're going to get a quarterback, I think, in my opinion. Um, unless, you know, Sewell is there. You know, imagine Beckton and Sewell on the same offensive line. That would be crazy. But they got a lot of holes and deficiencies. Um, I, I fully expect them to have a top two pick next next spring. But Broncos win the game. I, I don't think I said that, but the Broncos, yeah. Broncos are probably going to win. It's going to be an ugly game. Uh, I'm predicting the final score to be like 20 to 9. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be an ugly game. Or it could be a blowout, but who knows. But I'm looking at the Broncos injury report right here. I've had it pulled up since the start of the podcast, and oh, my goodness. You have, let's see, yesterday, Jeremiah Chachu did not practice. Austin Caltro. I think that's his last name. Did not practice. Um, Bryce Calhoun with wrist injury, full practice. I think he'll play this week or he'll play tonight. Um, Jarrell Casey did not practice. He's out. Shelby Harris, uh, full practice. He's playing. Kareem Jackson, he's playing full practice. Drew Locke, of course, he's out. Of course, he's been, he's going to be out for the next couple weeks. Elijah Wilkinson did not practice. He's going to be out. Or, no, actually, he got placed on IR. Excuse me. Um, then Devontae Harris, limited practice. He's questionable. Phil Lindsay, he's questionable. Um, Trey Marshall, he's he had full participation in practice Wednesday, and he should be good to go today. But oof, you look at the Broncos, they've been hammered with injuries. Most of their starters are out. Drew Locke's out. Cortland Sutton's out for the year. Vaughn Miller's out for the year. Bradley Chubb's out. Um, yeah, they they have a lot of injuries. Their secondary is taking a lot of hits as well. Uh, you know, they got Michael Moutier uh, starting at a corner, and he was like, what, a fourth round pick? So it, it's it's not it's not pretty for the Broncos at all. But they're a tough football team. Uh, you know, they they've kept every game competitive this season, and uh, really a couple plays away from being you know two and one right now. So. They're they're a very competitive team. Uh, like I said, the Jets are in a pretty bad position right now. I, I honestly don't expect them to play well. I'd be surprised if they came out and played well, um, even with a depleted Broncos team. Um, it, it's just it's just sad, man. You yeah. know, both both New York teams are forgettable at this point. You know, it it's just a bad situation. And the, the Bron- honestly, I won't I won't be surprised if Adam Gase gets fired and. You know, on Friday, Friday morning, or even right after the game. I mean, it could be that bad. But um, you know, Denver—they look like a potential sleeper playoff team that could maybe sneak in as the seventh or even the sixth seed in the AFC. Um, and now they're rid- riddled with injuries. Um, some of their star players are out for the year. Some of their their starting quarterbacks out for the next few weeks still. Um, you know. I think right now, once once most of their players get healthy, I think we'll see a better team um, that can actually start winning games probably later on in the year. But I don't think the Broncos are really going to get out to a good start. I mean, they'll, they'll probably win tonight. They'll probably get their first win tonight against the Jets. But, you know, I think I think you guys say this is a lost year for Denver, and you just got to regroup for next year in hopes of staying healthy. Um because, you know, Denver, if they can improve in free agency um, and through the draft, um, this is probably going to be a playoff team next year. This is going to be a team competing in the AFC West, probably not with Kansas City in terms of, like, beating them out for the AFC West title. I don't think that's happening. But, like, you know, Denver, Denver has the talent on both sides of the ball, but – when you're that decimated with injuries and their injury report is massive, then yeah, you got to forget it this year. Um, the Jets, they don't have Makai Beckton tonight. Uh, well, he'll be dressing out, but he won't be. He'll be coming in for emergency purposes. He's um, currently listed as questionable for this game. 
Um, Jamison Crowder is questionable. Ashton Davis is doubtful. Chris Hogan is questionable. Jordan Jenkins is questionable. John Franklin Myers is questionable. Um, Rashad Perryman's out. Like they're, and Jordan Willis is out, is, uh, is doubtful. So yeah, the Jets aren't, they're not helping their case to try to at least do something in this game. And like you were mentioning about how the Jets front office would probably like games and hope for that number one pick. I don't like that mindset just because like, I'm just trying to think of how exactly the end of how NFL teams would think when you're thinking of um, executives from or GMs from an NFL team like the Jets, they, they want to help their team. They want to help build their rock build the roster to the ability as to um, to hopefully get to the playoffs or even win the Super Bowl. That's what the Jets front office wants to do. They want to help this team get better, like no matter how bad or how good they are. I mean, that's it. That's the way it is for every NFL team. But I think I. No matter what happens with the Jets this year, if they fire Adam Gase and they end up starting to play well when Gase is gone, um, you know, I don't think the Jets are going to end. I think they could end up with a top five pick, but they could still play a lot better and more competitive than they have. And Darnold could end up turning around. And I don't, and I'm still not a fan of giving up on young quarterbacks like this. Like Darnold's in his third year. Yes. And he's, been struggling, yes, but I, I'm telling you, telling you, I'm telling you this right now. You get him a good offensive line. You really dig it in his brain to say, "Hey, check it down when you need to. Don't get all panicky in the pocket. Don't force anything." Because that's kind of what he's been doing for the last couple of years. Is he's forcing stuff? He's not making the right reads and all. Um, but he has showcased flashes of tremendous play um, throughout the season as well as last season. So I'm not there yet with giving up on Sam Darnold, no matter where they're picking. I'll go even as far to say the Jets shouldn't be, shouldn't pick Trevor Lawrence at number one. I'll go that far. I think they need to stick with Sam Darnold because that talent like they have young players on that team that they can build with, in my opinion. You got Quinn and Williams, and you get that team a really solid, respectable coach, at least respect, respectable, and a coach that can really get the team going. That can, and if it ends up being an offensive type of coach who wants to call the plays, and that could end up being Zach Taylor if he gets fired by the Bengals at the end of the year. So. You know, whoever becomes the next head coach of the New York Jets, which we're hoping it's not going to be Adam Gase after this year. We're hoping he's gone after tonight. Um, you know, I think they have to stick with Darnold. I think they have to really start building up their talent that they have. Quinnen Williams, he, he's shown he had a great game against San Francisco had a phenomenal game against San Francisco. Showed out the talent that made him a top 10 draft pick. And also you got Ashton Davis who can, who's developed, who's starting to develop into a really solid safety, even though he's going to be out um, this week. Um, And then you got Denzel Mims who can develop into a really solid receiver. Who's going to get more touches um, tonight. I assume Um, you got Makai Becton who's playing really well. He's probably not going to play tonight. The flashes he's shown has been very encouraging, and he should be the future at left tackle, one of the cornerstone pieces for the Jets over the next 10 to 15 years, in my opinion. He's that good. So the Jets have talent to build around, some talent. They just really got to get the offensive line right. They got to get the defense right. Um, the guy improved at wide receiver. I th- and I think once Le'Veon Bell's healthy and he's really getting going, like he's still one of the better backs in the NFL. 
Like people forget how good Le'Veon Bell is. He's a really good running back when healthy. And it just seems like any time a player's any player that plays under Adam Gase is going to do bad. It just feels like it. And as soon as Adam Gase is gone from any team, players get better. And I feel like that's what's going to happen with the Jets. They're going to all of a sudden start playing better. And we're going to be saying the Jets end up winning probably five games of nowhere with no Adam Gase if Greg Williams becomes the head coach. So, you know, everything's going to be fluid with the Jets after tonight if they end up losing. I assume they lose. Um, but, you know, I'm just not there yet with giving up on Darnold. I'm just not. I, I'm – I'm willing to give him another year just because of the talent he has and you give him better coaching and protection up front and better receivers. You go, you go all out with giving him weapons and offensive line, offensive linemen that can actually block next season or next offseason. You got to give him protection. So. I don't know. That's just me. I feel like, you know, if the Jets have the number one pick with, and they take Trevor Lawrence, I don't have any problem with that. They can trade Sam Darnold to maybe somewhere like Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh would be a really good place. So, you know, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just hoping Adam Gase is gone and the Jets can start playing well again because I really like a lot of the players on that team, and I feel like they deserve better. Yeah, agree, man. Uh, you know, we're pretty much beating a dead horse at this point. I think that, you know, the, I mean, obviously we won't both want Sam Darnold to be, you know, a Jet and, and continue to be in their future, but no one knows, you know. You know, same same uh, thing. We wanted Josh Rosen to have another season with the Cardinals, but they moved on to Kyler Murray. And, you know, looks like a good move at this point. But, you know, teams are going to have a, a mindset on what they're going to do. And unfortunately we, we don't even have a say in, you know, kind of what happens, you know, they, even though they have a supremely talented quarterback in their, you know, facility, uh, sometimes they just move on from them. So, but, you know, gotta, gotta move on and, you know, talk about some of these other games going on this weekend though. Uh, got, got a couple good ones. Yeah, we do. Um, I'll start out with Arizona, Carolina, of course, we'll, start out with our teams and then we'll get to um, New England, Kansas City. Um, Arizona's coming off a loss to Detroit, which surprised me. Um, Kyler Murray threw three picks yesterday or last Sunday. Um, not a great game for him, but he's still really talented. That offense is still really, really good. And they're playing a Carolina secondary that had a good day against the Chargers last week. So, you know, the Cardinals don't have the best offensive line. So that could be an advantage for Carolina on defense. The pass rush really showed out. Brian Burns really started to show like he is ready to emerge as one of the best pass rushers in the entire league. Like he's so, so, so good. Like probably best player on the team good. But I said last week, or I said the other day, Taylor Moton is probably the best player overall on the roster. But with McCaffrey out, of course. But I think when you're looking at this Carolina team and what they did yesterday, they probably like they if they get better in the red zone, that's they're going to be a team that could give teams a run for their money. They're going to give Arizona a run for their money. Arizona's defense isn't the best right now, um, and they haven't been playing Isaiah Simmons all over the field. They've been playing in one area, and he hasn't gotten a lot of snaps either. And it and I brought this up the other day. The Panthers could have had Isaiah Simmons at seventh overall, including and also they could have had Jeremy Chin if they traded back in the second round, or they went the same track they did in the previous draft they went Isaiah Simmons took a defensive lineman um, with their first second round pick and then went Jeremy Chin with their uh, second second round pick that's a really versatile very exciting young defense but Vance Joseph does not need to be a defensive coordinator 
in the NFL anymore. He is trash. He is not good. Get him the hell out of Arizona. Let Isaiah Simmons just ball out, my guy. Come on. But I said Carolina was going to go 0-12 last week to start the year. They're now 1-2. Okay. Then I was thinking, you know, Arizona's a really good offense. I think they'll play well. I think they might end up beating Carolina. But after the game against the Chargers and just how well they played against that Chargers offensive line, I mean, the Chargers offensive line wasn't great, and the Cardinals offensive line isn't great. Devin, I think the Panthers might be in 2-2 after this weekend. I'm going to go with Carolina this weekend over Arizona. I'm doing it, dude. I'm finally picking the Panthers to win a game this year. And it's against Arizona. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. Who I think. I am proud of you. Man. Like, I, and it's not me being biased. It's just like, they're coming off a good week, a good weekend against the Chargers. Their first win in 10 games, in 10 regular season games. Their defense was playing well. Offense had red zone struggles, but they were, Moving down the field with consistency, but stalling in the red zone, of course. So if they can improve, if they can play like they did last week, um, and improve in the red zone, I think the Panthers end up sneaking away with a win at home against Arizona. And then Arizona drops to two and two. Carolina goes to two and two. And people will be like, wait a minute. Is Carolina actually a solid football team? Are they not going to end up drafting a quarterback in the top five? I mean, like, and, you know, and Panther fans will be mad and upset, like, oh, we we beat Arizona. If we beat Arizona, we're not going to have a top draft pick, you know. And I, I've i accepted the fact that, you know, we may not have a top five pick. Hell, we may not even have a top 15, top 10 pick if Carolina starts – starts playing solid, good football. I think their defense will do enough to give up a bunch of yards, a bunch of points. They'll still lose plenty of games this year. There's, I think they still end up losing 10, 15 games. But it'll be encouraging to see Carolina at least show up their talent and potential before they start getting into the tougher stretch of the season. And I think that's really where they're going to struggle against teams like Kansas City. They play Green Bay. They play uh, New Orleans. Um, they play Chicago, who might end up being a good football team after all, with Nick Foles at quarterback. So, you know, yeah, I'm going to line up this weekend. And I think it will be by a field goal. I think it will be a shootout. Both offenses can really just put up yards and points um, like crazy. Um, I think Brian Burns has a good game um, and continues to develop into a very top-tier pass rusher. So be exciting to see. Um, I know you want to get down to Saints-Lions. Um, the Saints are 1-2. and two. Same record as the Carolina Panthers. They have to win this game. If they don't win this game, they're screwed. Simple as that. And they got to start winning at some point. Yeah, I mean, uh, at this point, you know, uh, it's, it's really going to be up to the Saints offense. Uh, I think the defense is going to continue to be a work in progress at this point. Um, it, they're, they don't look like they're, you know, uh, at form just yet. Looks like they're still kind of improving at this point and, and trying to facilitate some sort of pass rush. Uh, if anything, even if we do lose Sunday, I would like to see a, a pass rush. You know, I want to see Cam Jordan get on the sack board and, and really make some, make some noise as a, as a, uh, the edge that he is and that the all pro is supposed to be. Uh, he's really struggled this season trying to, uh, get, you know, going really, you know, we haven't heard much from him and, you know, it's disappointing, you know, as a Saints fan, you expected him to come in and have another 15 plus sack season and, uh, wreak havoc from uh, the star week one played a right rookie right tackle the first week, uh, you know, played it a third string the second week. And then last week, you know, he played um, played against, you know, a, a pretty good tackle, but someone that he can beat and has beaten in the past. So, you know, it, it's 
It's, it's really a struggle bus, man, right now for the Saints. Too many throws. You know, the film showed exactly what I saw, you know, watching the game with Drew Brees. Uh, too many double clutching and not making the passes that we were used to seeing him make, you know, down the middle, the seam passes, you know, the, the deep ends, the deep outs. You know, a lot of the plat passes that he's been hitting on, he's just not confident with. And, you know, he'll, he'll throw like a like one of the passes he threw was a, a, a 15 yard deep out and it traveled like 30 yards. And you're like, OK, he still has some juice left in his arm and then he doesn't throw it down the field really the rest of the night. So, you know, it's it's just a very confusing time uh, to to be a Drew Brees fan, a Saints fan. Uh, you know, we're not, uh, you know. Alarmed by a one and two star. We've seen it happen before. Uh, 2017 season, we didn't start off great. I believe we start 0 and 2 and, you know, then rattle off like six or seven straight wins. So it was possible for the Saints to go on a run, but they're, they really need to pick things up, um, and sustain drives offensively, you know, get the ball down the field and then defensively get turnovers. I think that's the biggest problem. The Saints defense isn't made to be, uh, defense that's gonna stop you from doing anything, but they're made to, uh, for you to, you know, get turnovers and be opportunistic, you know, set the offense up with good field position. So, you know, it's, it's been a struggle. You know, hopefully they get those things figured out. I got the Saints winning this weekend, um, you know, despite all their issues. And I think they're gonna win the game, uh, probably by 10, 14 points. I think they're gonna win it handily and, uh, you know, silence some of the, uh, people that have been down them this season. And just to be clear, I haven't been down in the Saints. I say I still think they're a good football team. It's just like, Breeze hasn't been really playing well. His arm it just looks like crap. And like, yeah, I, I'm. I think the Saints do win handedly this weekend. But if Breeze continues to struggle. Like, the calls for Jameis Winston will get stronger and stronger and stronger as long as Breeze continues to struggle and not get the ball downfield. I think the calls will start coming, and then at some point they're going to have to start Winston. And I've already said, like, Winston should be starting this weekend if they really want to get going. But, again, it's early in the season. Like, things can totally change over the next five to six weeks. We we just don't know what's going to happen next. So, you know, Titans get the win over Detroit. Um, so next game we're going to get down to is the game of the week. And what should have been the game of the week was Steelers-Titans, both teams 3-0. and But, of course, their game is being rescheduled to a later date due to their COVID, due to the Titans' COVID outbreak. So now we got Patriots-Chiefs this weekend. Late. Afternoon game, uh, 425, Chiefs hosting. Um, this is going to be a really good game. This is going to be the game where Cam Newton needs to show that he is he can go head-to-head with the league's best at the position. He, he showed that against Russell Wilson, who had a phenomenal game in Week 2. Cam Newton had a phenomenal game in Week 2. Cam Newton needs... I'm not saying he needs to have that type of type of performance he had in week two, but if he plays really, really well against the Chiefs and that defense, and that defense has become a really solid unit, if he can do well against that defense, it's going to be a close game throughout. Um, I'm going to have Kansas City winning. Um, I think it will be a close game throughout. Um but I think just Patrick Mahomes and that offense, I think it will be too much for the Patriots secondary. But this will be the Titans' tough – or not the Titans. This will be the Chiefs' toughest secondary Secondary they're playing all year. I mean, you got Gilmore, Jones, Jackson, uh, the Cordy brothers. Um, I mean, you got – that is a really, really rock-solid secondary. That's arguably the best secondary in the NFL. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they match up against um, the Chiefs offense or their skill position players. Um, it'll be interesting to see how well the Patriots defensive front 
um, plays against the Chiefs' um, offensive line. It'll be interesting to see how the second-level defenders for New England go up against guys like Clyde Edwards-Steeler and Darwin Thompson. Uh, so um, it'll be a really fun game to watch. Um, I think we'll see Cam Newton throwing the ball a lot more, um, and also we'll see him on the ground a lot more, like um, unlike this past weekend. I don't think he even had 10 – well, no. He had that 13-yard run at the end of the game, um, which was a fantastic run. I mean, that was something that that was classic Cam Newton right there. But I'm expect, I'm expecting Cam Newton to play well against um, with his receivers with that offensive line. Um, I'm expecting him to play well. Can Patrick Mahomes beat Patrick Mahomes? Of course, playing at a high level, being the best quarterback in the in the league, being the best player in football. So. Um, you know, it's going to be a close game. Chiefs win in a close one by three points. I think it will probably come down to a final drive for either team. So it will be interesting to watch. Um, who do you got win that one, Devin? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to pick against the Chiefs at this point. You know, Patrick Mahomes put up another fantastic performance on Monday Night Football against the Ravens. Um, but, you know, if this is the game they could lose, this could be it. Um, you know, the Patriots have done a really nice job possessing the ball this season and really keeping the ball away from their opponent. Um, and, you know, their defense is playing well, forcing three and outs, forcing quick drives. Uh, so this this could be the game that the, the Chiefs really struggle with. I know they struggle against the Chargers, but, you know, this could this could be a game where, you know, I could very well see the Chiefs losing. Uh, but it's hard to pick against the Chiefs. I'm picking the Chiefs, but you know, uh, Cam Newton and, and that offense, you know, have what it takes to uh, possess the ball and really make it difficult for the Chiefs' offense to get a rhythm um, and and mess up what they do. You know, we've seen Bill Belichick uh, come up with these defensive game plans against you know uh, players that are otherworldly. Uh, you know, and it it just puzzles you to see that happen. Uh, we saw Darren Waller could completely get shut down last week against, uh, you know, the, uh, the Patriots, you know, uh, we, we saw, you know, week one, you know, basically the Patriots held the dolphins on clamps, obviously a game against Seahawks came down really to the last moment, but you know, the defense had their moments in that game as well. Um, so this, this could be a game they struggle, but it's so hard to stop the chiefs offense because, you got to have the personnel to do it. And, you know, Patriots may have it. They may not. Uh, we're going to find that out on Sunday. But they have so many weapons. Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, you know, Sammy Watkins, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, it, it's so many different weapons they have offensively. Uh, so I got I got the Chiefs winning a close one uh, by three or four points uh, against the Patriots. But I think it's going to be a really good performance yet again put on by Cam Newton and, and the Patriots offense. And, continue to show that he, he can be the quarterback of the future for the Patriots. I'll say this. If the Patriots beat the Chiefs, the AFC just got really interesting. Because they, Kansas City beat Baltimore. And, you know, if New England can beat Kansas City, it's a three-headed, it's a three-man or a three-team race for the number one seed in the AFC between Baltimore, Kansas City, and New England. You can maybe even yeah, add yeah. Pittsburgh in that list. Yeah, I was going to say add Pittsburgh as well because uh, they have the pass rush to make uh, Patrick Mahomes' day very long and, and force him into some bad decisions. Uh, you know, T.J. Watt and, and Bud Dupree coming off the edge. Uh, it could be a really problematic day, you know, should the Chiefs and, you know, Steelers match up. And, and for the Steelers, you know, they, they have the pass rush in the front seven uh, to make it really, really difficult for the Chiefs to move the ball. Now, if they give Mahomes time to throw, they're going to pick apart the secondary. There's no doubt about it because they're, you know, Joe Hayden is all right. But, you know, some of those other guys in the secondary for the Steelers are not as good at, you know, some of the premier defensive teams in the league. Um, but they have the front seven to, to make it difficult. Uh, but, yeah, it, it could be three, four team race at this point. You know, Tennessee still has a really good team as well. Uh, they won all their games have been close, but. They're finding ways to win. Uh, their defense is still tough, you know, as well. We saw what happened, you know, in the AFC championship game. You know, they made it really tough for Mahomes at the very beginning of the game. 
but you know, obviously you're not going to be able to hold that offense down the entire game. So, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the ASC, uh, you know, race unfolds over the course of the season. Yeah. And I think if Cam Noon has another big game on national TV against Kansas City, that's going to submit himself as one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. It has to. Like, I just don't see how people can view him as, like, I can get it right now. They can view him as, like, a top 10, 15 quarterback. I get that. But if he plays well against Kansas City and beats them, like, right now, he's got to be he, – he, Easily is one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league right now, and I've argued he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now as well. But overall, league wide, fan wide, I think if Cam ends up having a great game, he has to be considered one of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL easily. Like this is this is a big game for Cam, and I think win or loss, Cam people. He'll show people, like, okay, he's really, really back. He's back to being the Cam Newton we all know he he is, you know, went healthy. And thank goodness he's been able to stay healthy, and I hope he does. And if he can continue to stay healthy, continue to play well, he's going to get that big contract ex- extension at some point this season or at the end of the year. Um, and he'll be the future in New England. And it looks like he is the future in New England. Um, at quarterback. So, um, you know, again, big game for Cam. If he wins, plays well, he's going to be starting to get hyped up more and more and more by the media, unlike he was in Carolina at times, because Carolina's a smaller market. New England is a bigger market. And the media is starting to really like Cam now and starting to really be in favor of him, unlike they were in Carolina. It's just it's so weird how it just flips the script all of a sudden. But, um, you know, I'm excited for that game. I'm excited for Carolina, Arizona. I know you're um, optimistic about New Orleans, uh, Detroit, uh, and I see New Orleans, of course, winning handedly in that game. Um, there's – Dallas and Cleveland, that's that should be a good game. I'll be keeping an eye on that. If Cleveland can beat Dallas on the road and Baker Mayfield can play well, that offense can do well. I think that I think Cleveland should be taken seriously as a legitimate team to contend in the AFC. Because if they move to three and one, they're going to be a tough team to beat, in my opinion. So that's going to be really interesting to see. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, uh, on that game. Um, you know, both yeah, teams are. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, for Cleveland, the key is continue to run the ball. Uh, yeah. we've seen how, how well they play when they run the ball and have a really balanced attack and not forcing Baker Mayfield to do everything. Uh, the games they haven't had a run attack, you know, obviously the first week against, uh, Baltimore. You know, they weren't really able to keep up with the Baltimore's offense. And then, you know, that got them behind when, you know, when Baker Mayfield has to throw it pretty much every down, that's where the issues start to begin. Uh, he's not going to be one of those quarterbacks at this point that it's going to beat you throwing the ball 40, 45 times. Uh, you know, give Nick, you know, Nick Chubb 20, 25 carries, Kareem Hunt another 10 to 15. Uh, and then you, you should be good to go against a Dallas team that has struggled to stop the run this year. And, uh, struggle, you know, gets play action. I think, you know, Jalen Smith has really struggled this season in, in terms of open field, uh, you know, uh, tackling as well as eye discipline. So I think that, you know, that, that opens up some exploitations of, uh, clear, uh, the Dallas Cowboys secondary. And, you know, we could see Odell Beckham have a big game. You know, he has his best games against the Cowboys. So we could see him, you know, kind of break out and, kind of get back to where he used to be. So this could be definitely a game to do so. Uh, another game to keep an eye out for is Las Vegas and Buffalo. That's going to be a good 425 game while everyone's, you know, watching Kansas City and New England, of course. Uh, but that should be a good game as well, good matchup between two solid teams. Uh, but other than that, everything else looks pretty lopsided. I mean, Indy and Chicago has some intrigue, but, you know, no one really wants to watch that. Uh, Cincinnati and Jacksonville. 
Oh my God. <laughs> this has not been, it's not a great week of matchups, man. Um, but you know, Gardner Minshew versus, uh, Joe Burrow. So that should be an interesting one, uh, in that aspect, but two not very good football teams. Uh, Miami and Seattle. Uh, you know, pray for Dante Colinelli and his Dolphins going against, uh, Russell Wilson, who's the hottest quarterback in the league right now. Uh, you know, Tampa and Los Angeles Chargers, you know, I, I don't really feel great about Justin Herbert going against a nasty pass rush that Tampa has, uh, and a much improved secondary. So it could be a long day for him. Washington football team against Baltimore. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck to Matt Valdivinos and and uh the the Washington football team. Um and then you know you got Houston and Minnesota, two winless teams that no one was expecting to see, you know, coming into the season when they, they matched up in week four. Um that's a very surprising matchup of under you know, teams that haven't won anything yet. Minnesota uh, and then you know the first pick in the draft and take Trevor Lawrence and he'll be put in a better position than he would in New York with the Jets. Just saying. For for some reason, I've been seeing Trey Lance in the Vikings uniform. I think that would be more ideal. Uh, I don't want Trevor Lawrence in the Vikings. He can go somewhere in the AFC. We don't need another good NFC quarterback. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, you know, then you got the Rams and Giants. The Rams are gonna blow out the Giants. And then the nightcap, 49ers and Eagles. Oh God. Well, Nick well, Mullins. Well, and, I, and a depleted it's an intriguing matchup, but you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, I know, but they they could have they could have changed that man. They could have changed. They should they should have made Kansas City and New England the Sunday night matchup. Bingo, but, hey, bingo. I don't make I don't make the NFL scheduling, but yeah, pretty much the rest of the games and aren't aren't that intriguing. Um, it's it's going to be one of those Sundays, but then again, it could be a, a day full of upsets. You know, NFL is very unpredictable at this point. So yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for um, Carolina Arizona this weekend. I'm hoping maybe Carolina could pull off the upset over Arizona. Um, fingers crossed, but I'm not that optimistic about them. But you know, um, I'm excited for Patriots Kansas City. Um, and I'll just say this: as a Cam Newton fan, last weekend was really the first game I didn't really watch a Cam Cam Newton play. Like, like I didn't actually watch him on TV or on a live stream. It, it was just like so weird. Like I've watched every game of his career, and then now, like this is the first game I've never watched of him in Carolina or in Carolina or New England. It was just so weird. Um, due to academic uh, purposes, of course, I had to not watch that game. But um, you know, I'm excited to see Cam Newton against Kansas City. Um, hoping your Saints um, silence some of the doubters and get a win against Detroit. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoy your college football and NFL weekend. Jets fans, good luck. Broncos fans, good luck tonight. Hopefully Broncos can get the win. And the Jets, good luck for the rest of the year. Seriously, you're going to need it. And especially if you keep adding gates. Guys, see you guys later. Peace.